This is the Nothing But Bucks podcast. Now, here's your host, TJ Reeves. Well, it is over. It is done for the 2022 season. A super wild card weekend round loss to the Dallas Cowboys has ended the year for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. 31-14 on Monday Night Football to end the weekend. Not the way that anybody wanted this season to end up. You certainly wanted to do some damage in the postseason, but that's it. It's over with for this year as the Buccaneers uh, were beaten and beaten decisively by a Dallas team that won 12 regular season games and played like those Cowboys that we've seen throughout the year have played much of the season. Now, Dallas have been struggling down the stretch, but they played like a playoff caliber team, like an NFC contending team. Uh, And the Buccaneers simply just did not rise to that, and the season is done and over with. Anyway, welcome in one more time to put a capper on the season on the Nothing But Bucks podcast. I am the somewhat capable host, not tremendously well-rested doing this show on Tuesday morning after the late-night Monday night game, which, again, full credit to the Cowboys to come in and get the victory and end the Buccaneers' season. And as we customarily do, we're going to go over highlights. We're going to go over uh, everything that happened. You're going to hear post-game interviews and conversations uh, with players, with head coach Todd Bowles. There's going to be so much made of whether or not Tom Brady, after three seasons now in Tampa Bay, will continue to play on at 45 years of age. He'll be 46 years of age, obviously, when the 2023 season gets underway, the regular season gets underway. Will he continue? We don't have that answer right now immediately off off this game, but you'll hear Tom Brady in his own words with the media uh, after it's over. I'll give you some insight from field level on what went on. This is what we do on the podcast. Thank you for finding us, however you did so, through the Buccaneers mobile app, through Buccaneers.com, through the various podcast outlets, uh, Apple Podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get a podcast, you can find nothing but Bucks, and we thank you for doing so. Again, we're in here after each and every Buccaneer game throughout the season, an NFC South winning season. And uh, I, I will say again, folks, having been in and around this market now, uh, having lived here with my family since the early 80s, the John McKay days, having moved forward all the way into the success of Tony Dungy with the playoffs, John Gruden with the Super Bowl, then... Uh, yeah, as we kept saying to a lot of the Dallas media members, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers fired five head coaches in 11 seasons back in the late 2010s and into the into the late 2010s. From 2008 to the end of the 2018 season, 11 seasons, you fired five head coaches. So you've been through rough times. You, you've been through the Lehman Bennett, Ray Perkins, Richard Williamson, Sam White Buccaneers that couldn't get out of their own way. So take being in the playoffs for three consecutive years, which you were. No, it wasn't pretty. No, the NFC South wasn't good. But you won the division and you got in the playoffs. Be be content, be happy. That you And I know now the argument is, oh, you only got to play one more game and Dallas beat you. But you didn't know that until you went into Monday night. You at least were in the tournament. You were at least in the postseason trying to put it together. Unfortunately, what reared was what we've seen all year long. Inconsistent play on offense, the inability to score, the inability to score in the red zone when you had opportunities, and Dallas was just too good. You empowered the Cowboys. You gave Dak Prescott too much time to throw. You'll hear that in the highlights. And the Cowboys get their first road playoff win in 30 years, literally 30 years. January 1993 is the last time in the NFC title game in San Francisco that the Cowboys had won a road playoff game. They had lost eight straight road playoff games Uh, since then but they were good enough on monday night to advance on to the divisional round and play the 49ers so we're going to get into all of this again thank you for finding me you're going to hear the highlights from gene and dave calling it on buccaneers radio one more time it's a lot of cowboy highlights i will tell you that 
But, um, it, it, you know, this is what we do. We come in here off the, uh, off the games, recap it. I give you my insight from field level. And, uh, and we play the highlights and the interviews and, and give you some perspective and some end up to the season. All right, so let's get into it. Electric crowd as we expected. It was a long time to wait all the way through the weekend. Two games played Saturday, three on Sunday, and then you wait all the way until Monday night. And the Buccaneers uh, do play the Dallas Cowboys for only the third time in playoff history. We know that the Danny White-led uh, Cowboys with Tony Dorsett and Two Tall Jones and Tony Hill and those guys beat up on the John McKay Buccaneers in the 81 and 82 seasons in the 82 and 83 playoffs. With Doug Williams and uh, James Wilder and Leroy Selman, dug through a lot of interceptions. The defense got uh, hammered on in the first game, 38 nothing. Again, we're going back 40 years. I know a lot of newer Buccaneer fans don't know anything about this. It might as well be on the moon. But the Cowboys had won two previous meetings in their long-storied history. Uh, the interesting thing, though, the Buccaneers had had so much playoff success the last couple of years. And, and I'll be the first one to admit coming in here, I've got to eat crow. I thought the Bucs would be better. I thought the Bucs would win the game. I thought Dallas had been playing poorly. Dak Prescott had been playing poorly. And the Buccaneers would take advantage of that. But it just did not happen. Now, again, electric crowd Monday night. It, it did not start off well for Dallas. And part of that is we get into the highlights here on Nothing But Bucks. This is what we do. A part of it was the Buccaneer defense making Prescott uncomfortable, including a three and out right away where he was rushed. He was hit. He was throwing high. They couldn't get a first down. Then the Buccaneers couldn't get a first down, something that we've seen all too common. But then the Buccaneer defense, the pass rush, turned it up as we begin the highlights here on Prescott and the Cowboys. Shotgun look, Prescott, gonna throw, dropping, looking, plus out of the pocket, he'll be sacked by Vita Vea. Vita, seven and a half sacks, he's our leader. Vita Vea ends up getting that sack, Dallas forced to punt again, but then the, the Buccaneers get the ball back, and again, uh, Tom Brady had, had thrown high, uh, you know, over the top of Russell Gage. Uh, one thing the Cowboys had figured out, the Bucs were trying to use screen passes. That didn't work early on in the game. They were sitting on that. So the Bucs go three and out again. So both teams have now punted the ball twice, kind of the feeling out process. But this is where Dallas would kick it into gear and begin to move the football and begin to score. And Prescott worked the ball uh, to tight end Dalton Schultz. He worked the ball to C.D. Lamb and to Michael Gallup. He started making plays down the field. The, the Bucs also aided the drive with a personal foul on Akeem Hicks hitting uh, Prescott in the helmet with his arm. It wasn't egregious, but it is a foul. It is what they're watching for. So with all of that, Dallas moved into scoring range and eventually got the lead, as it turns out, for good right here in the first quarter. Prescott shotgun look followed on his left hip now. Takes the snap and looks to his left. Looking left now, back to the right, throws it to the right. It's a caught ball. Touchdown, Dallas Cowboys. Tight end, Dalton Schultz. Makes the catch right at the goal line. A 22-yard strike by Prescott. And the Cowboys lead 6-0. As Mean Gene called it there, Dalton Schultz has been a pass-catching weapon for Dallas and for Dak Prescott for the last couple of seasons. He gets the first score of the game. Now, interestingly, Brett Maher missed the extra point, the kicker, leaving the game at only 6-0 at this stage. And and still, you've got a long way to go in the game. Yes, Dallas put together an impressive drive. You didn't figure that you were going to shut the Cowboys out in that instance, but it's what continued to happen after that. Now, the Bucks got a good drive going, uh, mixing the pass to Chris Godwin. Got a good run from Rashad White. They moved into scoring territory as the first quarter ended. Got a completion uh, to Julio Jones as well. Got into scoring position. First quarter ends. 
So you come out to start the second quarter, and this was disappointing because here again, you were trying to get a misdirection, short little receiver screen to Julio Jones, and the Cowboys snuffed it out. And frankly, Micah Parsons on the end had a chance to intercept that pass uh, down on the goal line, and it didn't happen. All right, so now you set up the opportunity to try to score here on second down, and disaster strikes as we go back to the highlights. Second down and goal from the five-yard line. Rashad White on the left hip of Brady. Play action fake. Brady throws it upfield. It's picked off. Was he in the end zone? I think he was. It's picked off by Dallas. An unusual throw by Brady. That is the first red zone interception of Tom Brady's Buccaneer career. The Super Bowl winning season, a 13-win season year ago with a couple of playoff games. And then this year you win the South with an 8-9 and nine regular season record. All these games that Tom Brady has played, he had never thrown an interception in the red zone. But there it was. Uh, and it's a ball, and you'll hear him say this in his comments in a little bit. It's a ball that he should have thrown away, but he didn't throw away. Uh, Chris Godwin was who he was looking for. Godwin covered up. And you'll hear this on our Hooters postgame show when I'm asking the players after. It wasn't the whole game, but that was a deflating moment. That was a deflating moment. And then what Dallas did next after the interception and the touchback, marching 80 yards with Dak Prescott going to work once again. Right away, Prescott was able to find Ezekiel Elliott out of the backfield. They converted a third and one on a run. Uh, Then Prescott converts a third and three later on to Tony Pollard with a short pass. Then he scrambled and got a good gain. Then he uh, was able to find uh, T.Y. Hilton, the former Indianapolis Colts, with a completion. So they just, they moved the ball down into scoring range and had the opportunity here to up the lead and did. In motion, Pollard, play action fake, and it's Prescott running. He will score an easy touchdown. Boy, they sold the handoff to Tony Pollard. Everybody in white jumped number 20. Dak Prescott just trotted into the end zone to the left. And the Cowboys lead 12 to nothing. Prescott showing that mobility. Remember, he horribly broke his ankle a couple of years ago in the pandemic crazy season of 2020. Uh, but, uh, But Prescott looked fantastic moving around, not just vertically running down the field, but keeping plays alive with his feet, et cetera. And he's able to score on the touchdown run. Once again, Meyer missed the extra point. And uh, and the game at this point remains uh, 12-0. You're right, in the, you're right in the game. You had a chance uh, before to score a touchdown. But uh, once again, the Bucks get one first down. They're throwing a lot of short passes. You know, they got, a, they got a completion to Godwin. Leonard Fournette got a first down. But then Fournette minus three uh, on a run. Tom Brady's trying to throw over the middle to Kate Otten and can't complete it. And then on fourth and or third and long, Third and long was just a disaster all year long. The Buccaneers failed to convert a third and 11 or more all season long. And in third and long, they were right around like 15%. It was just awful all year. Godwin got the completion and the Bucs elected to punt the ball away. I know there was some booing uh, in the crowd. They pinned the Cowboys in on punting on fourth and three. So you're trying to flip the field, trying to make something happen. But again, Dallas just goes to work. And give Dak Prescott credit because out of his own end at the nine-yard line, he scrambles and makes a play. He hits T.Y. Hilton with a pass. He hits Dalton Schultz over the middle with a 20-yard pass. Prescott had time, and he was eating the Buccaneers up, throwing the ball down the middle of the field. Uh, He scrambled again later on in the drive for 11 yards down to the Tampa Bay uh, side of the field to the 45. He then hits CeeDee Lamb over the middle with a big throw on second and 15 after a penalty. And finally, they move into scoring range, and this was a killer at the end of the half in a 12-0 game. Empty backfield for Prescott. Second down and four from the 11th. 
Prescott dropping, looking, looking, flushed, flushed, running to his left. He's going to throw it toward the end zone. It's caught. Touchdown, Dallas Cowboys. Schultz has his second of the game. Dalton Schultz's second touchdown of the half. Uh, again, Prescott used his feet, moved around, made the defenders move around. Receiver stayed alive. Give credit to Dallas. This was a this was a much better Dak Prescott than what he looked like at the end of this season. Throwing interceptions, tied for the league lead in interceptions. Uh, he was masterful, moving around, finding open receivers. I mean, after the first three incompletions. Prescott then completed 15 of his next 17 passes in the first half. I mean, just completed throw after completed throw. It's an 18-0 lead. The Bucs get the ball in the final 30 seconds with a couple of timeouts. Tried to move into Hail Mary range. Tried to actually hit a pass to Mike Evans in the final seconds of the half to maybe try a long field goal, get on the board. Couldn't complete that. Couldn't do anything with the Hail Mary. So the half ends at 18 to nothing. I did talk with Coach Todd Bowles going to the locker room and said, hey, what do you got to do better on Prescott? He said, he's got too much time. He's got too much time. He's picking us apart. We got to get there with the pass rush. Uh, got to get things communicated better in the back end. Of course, the Bucks are getting the ball to start the second half, but it was, it was really, unfortunately, much of the same in half number two. And how many times have we seen this? You come out of the second half, not able to sustain a drive right away with the ball. You go three and out. Um, in this instance, Tom Brady on second and four throws incomplete to Russell Gage behind him again. Brady was inaccurate for a lot of this game on some of these passes, and the Cowboys were sitting on the shorter routes. I know Dave Moore, who we're hearing in the highlights here, kept pointing out, hey, they're crowding the line of scrimmage with nine and ten guys up within ten yards of the line of scrimmage, daring the Buccaneers throw it outside. Uh, and, the, and the Bucks were refusing refusing to do that, to open the offense up. Still trying one-yard passes to receivers or backs out of the backfield. And Dallas was ready for it. Credit, credit Dan Quinn, who had seen this on game tape throughout the year. You keep playing the same way with the same tendencies, you're going to make it easier on the defense. And the Bucks did that. And here's the killer, where for the fourth straight drive going back to the first half, the Cowboys get the ball at 18-0 and march again, this time 86 yards on the Buccaneers. The first, the first pass play is, Dallas, is uh, Dalton Schultz again down the middle for 26 yards. Uh, Prescott again finds CeeDee Lamb for another 26 yards. Tony Pollard able to get a good run around the right end. I mean, just too much Dallas on drive after drive out of the locker room. And Prescott eventually puts them up big right here. Prescott under center. Takes the snap, fakes the handoff, has it still in his pocket, looks to his left, throws toward the end zone. It's caught, touchdown, Dallas Cowboys, again. Michael Gallup open on that one. It's a two-yard touchdown, four straight touchdown drives, and Dak Prescott just carving the Buccaneer defense up. Couldn't get the pass rush on him, sustained, couldn't cover enough. And the game is now 24-0. Amazingly, at 24-0 after four touchdowns, Brett Maher missed another extra point off the upright. He kept shanking them right. He pulled one left. But at this point, at 24-0, that wasn't really that relevant. The Bucs had to show some offense, some life for any of it to matter. Late third quarter, they finally did start to show some life. Uh, Brady able to move the, fall, uh, the football a little bit after, after a punt. Uh, they got the ball back. And Brady went to the hurry-up, and the Bucs went 95 yards in the hurry-up. He found Rashad White for 11. He found Chris Godwin for 16, trying to move into scoring range. Eventually got across the Dallas side of the field, finding Mike Evans for 18. And then eventually, one of the few highlights 
that we've been able to play recently is uh, Brady going up top here. Brady drops deep, looks deep, throws the ball down the far sideline, receiver in the area. It's a caught ball. Is it caught? Held on to. Is it a touchdown? Julio. Julio Jones with a touchdown grab. Great fingertip catch in the far corner of the end zone. Touchdown, Tampa Bay. Fire the cannons. Where are you? Julio Jones hauls it in for the touchdown, and the Buccaneers had some life. Again, you are still end of the third quarter here. You go for two, you're not able to get it. Uh, Chris Godwin was held in the back of the end zone and the officials missed that. It's not the whole game, but I mean, it was, it's going to be 24-8 maybe if you can get the two-point conversion. There, he's held. They don't call it, so the pass is incomplete. It remains 24-6, but the bigger key is what Dallas did next. Again, after the Buck touchdown, they marched 66 yards again on what had become a fatigued Buccaneer defense, but a third and six conversion from Prescott to Michael Gallup keeps the drive alive. They move into Buccaneer territory with Tony Pollard running for 11. And eventually, uh, they, they faced fourth down, and they didn't want to kick a field goal. They had no faith in Brent Maher. I know that Jack Prescott was shown on the sideline by ESPN and the Monday Night Football crew just animated, upset at him missing extra points. So they decided we're not going to kick the field goal, which would have been about a 35-yard field goal. 24-6 game, fourth and four. If the Bucs could get a stop... If, I mean, there's still seven or eight minutes left here to go make something happen, but instead, they not only don't get the stop, the Cowboys get one more score. Prescott in the gun, dropping, looking, throws the ball toward the end, a wide open receiver, touchdown Cowboys, and C.D. Lamb waited till the fourth quarter to burn the Buccaneers. Nobody had coverage responsibility, or if they did, they forgot, because no one was near number 88 in the left corner of the end zone. And again, CeeDee Lamb broke free there on a kind of a rub route, a pick route. He got free to the outside. That's why he was that wide open for the touchdown from 18 yards out. Dak Prescott just money. Dropping dimes throughout the game. Yeah, the uh, extra point was good by Brett Maher. The Cowboy fans, of which there were some in that stadium, in Raymond James Stadium, gave the Bronx cheer for him finally making an extra point. And the game all but over at uh, at 31-6. The Bucks did get one final touchdown. Uh, and we got to play the if game. Is this the final touchdown of Tom Brady's Buccaneer career, of his NFL career? We don't know. But here's the highlight, as Gene and Dave called it, late in the game on Buccaneers Radio. Brady throws toward the end zone. Caught ball. It looks like a touchdown, is it? It's a touchdown, Tampa Bay. Cameron he finds Brate. his tight end, Cameron Brait. How about Cameron Brait? First touchdown of 2022. It comes in January of 23. In a playoff game, no less. Brady to Cameron Braid, who's been a, a target for years of Jameis Winston and now of, of Tom Brady. Braid's first touchdown of the year comes in the final game of the year on the wild card weekend, the super wild card weekend. Uh, Braid kept the football, rightfully so. Uh, Brady completes to Mike Evans for a two-point play. The game is 31-14, but the end result is, uh, even though the Bucks got an onside kick, they can't do anything with the ball. Dallas runs the clock out. And the Cowboys win the wild card playoff game. Their first road win in 30 years in the NFL playoffs comes at 31-14 with Dak Prescott completing 25 of his final 30 passes in this one. And the Buccaneers not nearly good enough on either side of the ball to win this one on Monday night. So it was disappointing. Uh, it's not the way you wanted to end it. You saw Tom Brady. Uh, dejected at the end of this, obviously on the sideline. He ran to the tunnel and gave a kiss to his parents who were there in the tunnel to greet him. That had obviously been pre-planned at the end of the game 
Uh, we'll talk more in a little bit about whether this is it. You're going to hear from Tom Brady uh, in a bit. Uh, but it was just, it was not what you were expecting. You were expecting the Bucks to be able to turn it on at home. It's only the fourth time Tom Brady has lost an opening playoff game in his career. He'd been 16-3, and and the Cowboys came in, won the game 16-3 and in the first playoff game of a playoff season. Wild card or off the bye in the divisional round. Dallas was just better. Dallas was much better than what they were in Washington. Dak Prescott not throwing interceptions. Buccaneers didn't pressure him into throwing interceptions. I know there's a lot of criticism that's been out there. Peyton Manning and Eli Manning were doing their Manning cast on TV, and Peyton Manning kept saying the Bucs are sitting back in a cover three or cover four zone defense with four guys playing a, a cloud deep coverage, just letting Dallas throw down the middle wide open, and that's easy. Peyton Manning said it's too easy uh, for a quarterback to have that kind of time and those open receivers. Bucks made it too easy for the Cowboys. Cowboys took advantage, credit them. So again, when this was over, we went inside the Buccaneer locker room, had the chance here to talk with Cameron Braid. Again, a stand-up guy, a veteran tight end. He's battled injury, concussions this year. He caught the final touchdown of the game. He reflected on the Cowboys uh, beating the Bucs, the end of the season, and much more. Dave, thank you, and I'm here with Cameron Brady immediately after this is uh, over with. Tough night tonight. Um, there were some struggles on offense. How much do you credit the Cowboys with what they were doing tonight as well? Yeah, I mean, you have to give credit to them. They, you know, kind of stifled everything we were trying to do, and uh, obviously we didn't respond well um, to what they were taking away. And um, you just got to tip your cap to them. I mean, they played a great game, had a great plan, and um, I mean, we just we we weren't good on offense. So. The game was 12 nothing. You're able at the beginning of the second quarter to get down to the five-yard line to start the second quarter. You're not able to get in the end zone there with the interception uh, that keeps the game at 12 nothing. That wasn't the whole game, but that's a big moment in the game, was it not? Yeah, for sure. You know, you want to you take advantage of those opportunities. Um, was that first down or second? Second down, I think. Second down, yeah. Um, obviously, you want to get points there, and um, pretty deflating to have, have a turnover down there. And, uh, yeah, tough. This season, uh, this tonight, we've said this on the radio a couple of times, t t tonight was kind of like the season. Struggle, get going, struggle, get going, but yet still had fight in the second half and still had opportunity in the second half, right? <laughs> yeah, I guess. I mean, um, kind of like this was like a microcosm of the season. It was just um, we feel like we were right there and just, you know, we just didn't play well when we, like, when we needed to during the games, and we always kind of dug ourselves a hole. and. It makes it hard coming back against a team like that who's going to you know, pin their ears back and rush the passer. So, um, yeah, just kind of, <laughs> you know, this game kind of was a reflection of the whole year. And finally, uh, for you, you battled back from injury to be back here, play in the playoffs, played in the playoffs three years in a row, won a Super Bowl here. What do you reflect on here? You caught a touchdown from Tom Brady to end it here tonight. What do you reflect on here at the end of this season? Uh, yeah, I mean, um, it's been a fun ride in Tampa for sure. Um, you never know what the future holds. Sure. Um, but, you know, I'm going to look back and, you know, I'm proud of, you know, what we were able to accomplish. Um, obviously, this year was a f major frustration in a lot of respects. But, um, yeah, it's just kind of look back fondly for sure. Again, these are the interviews off of our Hooters postgame show as Dallas Wins the playoff game, knocks the Buccaneers out. And again, if that is it for Cameron Brait, what a great 
uh, uh, interview, a great guy. He is Harvard grad, Super Bowl champion now, a lot of touchdowns, a lot of big plays in his Buccaneer career. We'll remember Cameron Brait for a while if that's it. Don't know. I mean, he had the kind of the look on his face that maybe it is it. It's a finality. It's a finality that the season is over. Now you got to contemplate what's next. Uh, Sean Murphy Bunting, defensive back, a, a stand-up guy to give me some answers here after this was over with. Uh, they didn't have a lot of answers. Dallas, Dallas had all the answers throwing the ball, but here was SMB out of that Buccaneer secondary. Control of anything, you know. I've always um, taken the hits as they come and just kind of move forward with my life. I let God kind of keep control of everything, and um, I keep faith and belief in everything. So um, I know that whatever happens is going to happen. It's going to be the right thing that, that is going to happen. And um, I'm always going to be keeping positive and keeping a smile on my face and moving forward because that's just that's just how life works. And so. Um, like I said, I'm very grateful for everything that I've been through. And um, I never asked for anything and to change anything. Um, and I'm just fortunate enough to be where I am. Sean, we just joined you late on Buccaneers Radio. I'm not sure if you've already talked about this. Can you say something about Dak Prescott and the way he played, uh, especially as the game went on? Yeah, no, he executed very well. Um, he was poised, felt like he was under control the entire game. And so, uh, you know, just kudos and credit to him for just uh, the way he executed and the way he had that team and held them together. Um, and they fought. Subtle thing is, not just with running downfield, but him keeping plays alive with his feet and looking downfield, how much of a factor was that in his success, do you think? Yeah, he created longer plays and longer uh, drives. I mean, uh, his legs kept them going. Uh, we couldn't keep him really in the pocket. He was moving around a lot and extending plays and um, creating havoc down the field. So it, it, it makes it harder for a DB because you got to cover longer. you got to cover him maybe running to the left. You don't really know the play. Once the play breaks, he, he just goes to find the ball. So, um, I mean, like I said, kudos to him for just keeping his legs alive and, and making plays when he could. I know it stinks for every team. Your season either ends in the regular season or you lose in a playoff game except for one team that wins the Super Bowl. I know we're immediately after this one is over with, but what do you reflect on here? Uh, the team made the playoffs. The team won the division. What do you reflect on immediately after it's done here? Uh, me personally, uh, I just reflect on just the, the things that I've been through, man. I've been through a lot since I've been here since 2019. Uh, I've been benched. I've been... A starter. I've been a Super Bowl champion. Yep. I've interceptions. I've gotten scored on. So I've been. I've been through a lot, man. And uh, I'm just forever grateful for everything that I've dealt with because it only made me stronger as a person. Um, and I'm just always going to continue to fight for whatever it is in my life that I want. Um, and I would just want a successful career. And that's just how it's going to be. So um, no matter what happens today, tomorrow, or next week, I'm always going to be the same. So. And again, credit to these guys for being willing to stand there after a crushing end-of-the-season loss. It stinks. It stinks for everybody that loses in the playoffs. Only one team gets to celebrate like the Buccaneers did in Super Bowl 55 with the championship. Everybody else lost their final game at whatever level. So Sean Murphy Bunting was good to be there. Another guy, it was amazing to see Ryan Jensen back, folks. I mean, uh, to rehab that knee for the last six months, to not have surgery. He had conflicting doctor's opinions on do you need reconstructive surgery on the ligaments? Can you rehab it, get physical therapy, get treatment on the knee, and be better? Well, Ryan Jensen was out there, the Pro Bowl center, playing with fire, playing with emotion. Uh, and, he, and he stood and talked to the media about his long journey to be back, to be back in a playoff game and playing. Here was Ryan Jensen on our Hooters postgame show. You know, after a year where you know, I wasn't able to run out of the tunnel and, and be with with my guys, it, okay. it sucked. So today was a pretty surreal moment, and uh, you know I'm proud of myself for everything with this year and, and getting out there and, and giving it my all and, and trying to help this team win. 
Are you surprised you were able to make it through the entire game? Was there any question mark in your head? No, there was no question mark. I mean, if I was going to go, I was going to go. Um, you know, they would have to drag, drag me off that field. So there was no question in my mind that I was going the whole game. Ryan, in the, in the second quarter, the beginning of the second quarter, key sequence where you don't get the touchdown, it's not the whole game. How big was that, though? I mean, when you get inside the 10-yard line and you don't get any points, it's a, it's a huge turning point, and uh, it's, an, it's unfortunate, uh, that situation, and uh, obviously uh, swayed the momentum uh, to Dallas, and we weren't able to recover. And I know you've been saying this here just as we came on. It's been frustrating to stand and watch, but this has kind of been a microcosm tonight of the season where you've had trouble, start, stop, get points, not get points, right? Yeah, I you know it's uh, it's one of those one of those years, unfortunately, and um, you know frustrating to watch and, and frustrating to play um, when you know you're just not playing at a, at a high level, and and unfortunately uh, it nipped us in the butt tonight. And again, I'm grateful to all these guys that they're willing to talk. Again, Jensen was talking with the media there, hadn't talked all year long because he hadn't played all year long. But man, tough, tough circumstance. The Buck offensive line was getting overwhelmed at times. Dallas got a good defense. Dan Quinn had a good plan. Again, part of it is the Buccaneers were playing into Dallas's hands with the short throws, the screens, the short passes. Dallas was sitting on that. And you just couldn't get it done. So as the Hooters postgame show progressed, Coach Todd Bowles at the end of his first season. Uh, spoke with me about the tough loss to Dallas, reflecting uh, reflecting briefly on how things ended. Also, the injury to Russell Gage at the end of the game. We haven't touched on that yet. Russell being checked out at uh, nearby hospital after the game was over with. Here was Todd Bowles with us late night, Monday night, off the loss. Uh, Coach, what are your thoughts immediately after this game is over with? Disappointing, obviously. Uh, you don't want to finish the season like that all the way around. Uh, Made a bunch of gaffes. I thought we didn't coach it well. We didn't play it well on either side of the ball. And the mistakes cost us, especially in the red zone and especially on third down. Speaking of the red zone, as I was just saying out there with Cameron Brait, you had a 12 nothing game. You begin the second quarter at the five-yard line. You end up not getting points. You have an interception there. That's not the whole game, but how big a juncture was that where you could have maybe been in the end zone 12-7? But it, you end up not getting any points. It's a big play, but obviously when that happens down there, you know they, they turn it over. Defense still got to get a stop to get the offense back. Like you said, it was twelve nothing right there. We were still in the ball game, so you know when something like that happens and you really don't want it to happen, you still have to come back from that. Dak Prescott, as I was just mentioning, he had three incompletions to start the game. He then finished twenty-five of thirty after that. What was he doing well, even into the second half in this game? What were you not doing well enough against him as the game went on? I don't think we disguised very well. I think they were getting up to the ball, just trying to see what we were in. We weren't patient enough uh, to get into everything we wanted to get into in the secondary and in the middle part of it. So. And it hurt us on the edges in the run game, which opened up the pass game a little bit. So that, that kind of hurt us, and we got to get better there schematically from a coaching standpoint and playing-wise from a player standpoint. You were trying to get back in the game, obviously, in the, in the third quarter, late fourth quarter. You got a long touchdown to Julio Jones. Let's talk about that, where you had some life. The game is 24-6. to Just talk about that play from what you remember and what you saw as Brady found him on the far sideline. Well, he was going down the sideline. Obviously, he's playing a lot healthier right now, so he's got his speed back, and Thomas saw him open, and he threw a heck of a ball. Did this game, in a lot of ways, just kind of signify the season where you would at times have success, but sustained success was just elusive at times, and you couldn't sustain it drive after drive tonight? 
It looked just like the season. You know, we had a lot of guys miss time, a lot of guys come back. You can't play football without practicing football. It's hard for injured guys to come back and just jump in a game like this and play and not make mistakes. So we got to do a better job of that, you know, keeping guys healthy, and they got to do a better job of staying on the field themselves. Ryan Jensen was able to come back after having not played, pretty amazingly, after having not played the entire preseason, regular season, not a single down, and he played the entire game tonight. I know you've not seen coaches tape, but it was an emotional lift for sure, and it's a pretty amazing thing, is it not, that he was able to recover and come back and play this entire game? Well, it was great for him to, to prove to himself that he can come back and play that type of game. Uh, again, he's one of our leaders when he's healthy. He's a warrior, and he went out there and battled. Uh, Russell Gage was obviously injured in the fourth quarter of this game, taken off the field on, on a backboard. There's a lot of concern for him. What, if any, update do you have immediately after the game is over with on him? Well, they're taking him to the hospital for more tests. Right now he does, has a concussion, and, and they're going to take further tests and see if he has neck injury. And finally, this obviously ends the season. It's not what anybody wanted. There's a finality for everybody, whether it's the regular season or the playoffs. What are your thoughts? I know uh, it's just immediately after it's over. But what are your thoughts on the end of your first season here and how it ends tonight uh, with a wild card playoff loss to Dallas? Disappointing ending. Obviously, a disappointing ending. That, that's really where my thoughts are right now. We didn't play or coach it well enough. Uh, we weren't good enough, you know, two years in a row. But you know, we'll get better, we'll make some corrections, and we'll do some things. Obviously, we won't have the same team next year, but I appreciate all the grit and fight these guys showed. We just got to get better. Coach, thank you. All season long, not just tonight, but thank you. You got it. And again, publicly here, I want to say thank you to Todd Bowles for being with us. Uh, pre-game, post-game, always gracious to me. Interviews at halftime, after the game, uh, stuff that you do not see and hear off the air. He's always been uh, very gracious to deal with me, and I want to say thank you to him for this, his first season uh, in Tampa Bay, uh, dealing with the head coach on Buccaneers Radio. Again, 31-14, the Cowboys have ended it for the Buccaneers. Tom Brady, late night Monday night, came into the interview room to talk with the media one more time to put the finish on his third season in Tampa Bay, and Tom Tried his best to deflect off of questions about the future. Here was Brady after the game. Not the way we wanted to end it. But we didn't deserve it. I give them a lot of credit. They played a good game. Made a lot more plays than we did. And uh, so, tough night. Dallas do, do anything defensively that was at all surprising out there uh, from a scheme standpoint? Uh, they played pretty good. You know, they played good defensively and put a lot of pressure on us, and we just couldn't make enough plays. So it was kind of typical the way we played all year, just inefficient in the passing game and not very good in the run game. So, uh, you know, it's hard to be good teams like that. Tom, you haven't had a red zone interception in years. Just kind of what happened? Were you trying to throw it away there? Or? I was. Yeah. I was trying to throw it to Chris, and the other guys were blocking, and just trying to throw it out and didn't obviously get enough on it. Tommy, that certainly didn't help our cause. Tommy, you didn't contribute to a win tonight, but just having Ryan Jensen out there tonight, snapping the ball to you, what can you say about his comeback, about his play tonight, and any type of lift that, that did for you guys early in the game? Yeah, just super proud of him and all that he's gone through this year. You know, it's a tough injury that he had and battled all the way back and really committed himself the last six, eight weeks to prepare himself to play and did it. So it says a lot about who he is and uh, certainly a guy you can depend on and count on. What is your process from here when you start to think about what you want to do next? Because obviously it's going to be huge speculation. I'm going to go home and get a good night's sleep as good as I can tonight. And, and uh, 
I'm not, you know, I, this has been a lot of focus on, you know, this game. So, yeah, it's just be one day at a time, truly. Tom, for, for, for all the struggles this season, you guys have had the, the at least the possibility of the playoffs and what could happen there. How hard is the finality of losing this season? Yeah, always tough, but, you know, we didn't earn it. So, you know, they did. Um, I think that there's a part of football where I feel like it's, you know, sometimes you get lucky, but most of the time, you know, the, the team that earns it, you know, wins. And they played good all year. They played good tonight. They played well as a team. They were very coordinated. They played well on offense, played well defensively. They missed some kicks on special teams, but, you know, we just we just couldn't get enough done offensively to put any pressure on them. The biggest takeaway from this year for you, just the importance of, and the power of, of resilience. I know you've talked about that's that's been a lesson that you've tried to teach your kids a lot about. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's I think lessons for all of us in every year of every every year of our life. So, um, yeah, you always want every year to end great. Unfortunately, in sports, it doesn't work that way. There's going to be 32 teams in the league, and they're all very competitive, and only one of them is really going to feel good at the end of the year. So, for as many teams that won tonight, there's going to be seven of the eight that don't feel great at the end of the year, and. That's why it feels good to be when you're on top, you know, when you win it all. And it's a great feeling. Tom, do you feel like you had a bad season or a good season? How would you characterize it just for yourself? You know, we lost tonight. It was, it's a team sport, so never considered any individual things like that. You know, obviously we came up short as a team, and that's really all that matters. That's all I've really cared about was team success and, you know, how well we did as a team and how well we performed under pressure. And tonight was obviously not one of our best nights. You know, a really good shot downfield to Julio there, but you didn't take a lot of shots down the field, especially with them down a couple corners. Why weren't you able to maybe get more shots down the field? They were playing pretty deep most of the night. You know, we were trying to hold the ball. Problems, you know, they were getting there pretty quick at certain times in a rush, and then, you know, you don't hold it for that long. And we got into the drive. We had some shots, so made a couple plays, but obviously. The field night, were your emotions any different than the end of another season at the end of last season? How did yeah, it just feels like the end of the season. So uh, I just want to say thank you guys for everything this year. I really appreciate all your effort. And I know it's hard for you guys, too. It's hard for us players to make it through. And you guys got a tough job. And I appreciate all that you guys do to cover us and everyone who watches and is a big fan of the sport. We're very grateful for everyone's support. And, um, you know, hopefully, um, you know, I love this organization. It's a great place to be. And thank you, everybody, for welcoming me. All you regulars, and um, just very grateful for the respect, and I and, uh, hope I gave the same thing back to you guys. So thank you very much. Appreciate it. So it ends on a night where Brady threw the ball 66 times, setting an NFL playoff record, 35 of 66 for 351 yards. He did have the two late touchdowns after the issue. Was long decided, did have the costly interception in the first half. And that is it for year number three with Tom Brady. We don't know if there will be a year number four. I don't know that Tom Brady knows if there's going to be a year number four period in the NFL. Will it be in Tampa Bay? He is slated to be an unrestricted free agent. If he would like to go somewhere else, he can. There's a strong argument that if he continues to play, the best suitable situation is you're ingrained here. Uh, there's a lot of there, there are a lot of pieces in place still here. If you can fix some things. And again, I keep saying this consistently as we wind it down and wrap it up. You've been playing with house money the last two seasons. You got a Super Bowl win in 2020 with Tom Brady. And I had a blast, obviously, in that crazy pandemic season, mostly empty stadiums, uh, having to wear masks, uh, you know, uh, having to do games on television for the road games, not being able to travel. 
because of all the concerns. You won a Super Bowl that year. So now, I mean, th- this has been a bonus the last couple of seasons to, to win the division, make the playoffs, and win a playoff game in the 2021 season, and now win the division and get in the playoffs again. It's only the second time in franchise history that you've been in the playoffs three years in a row, going back to the four-year run, 99 to 2002, of making the playoffs. So, But at 45 years of age, you wonder to be able to summon it in the offseason and, and in the fall. I wouldn't doubt him if that's what he wants to do, but he's going to be 46 years old during next year, and at some point, keep saying this, have been saying it for the last couple of years, at some point, Father Time catches up with your shoulder, your arm, your elbow, uh, with with all of it, your reaction time, with being able to make all the throws, you saw signs in this season that the 45-year-old Tom Brady is not the same Tom Brady of even the 2020 Super Bowl year, much less five years ago. Who among us would be? And it should be pointed out again, Peyton Manning was playing. I know Peyton was was you know critical of a lot on the Manning cast. Peyton would have to be the first one to admit he couldn't throw the ball down the field anymore, and he wasn't even 40 years old yet. And Tom Brady's 45, slinging it all over the place. So uh, he has far outlasted and, and, and succeeded at a higher level than any other quarterback. Drew Brees couldn't throw the ball downfield anymore, and he wasn't uh, 43, 44, 45. Had to retire. Brett Favre, same thing. Going backwards to Troy Aikman, Dan Marino, Steve Young, any of them in the, in the pantheon of great quarterbacks, even Kurt Warner, they weren't playing into their 40s at a high level, at a playoff level, and throwing for 4,000 yards. You've got, to, you've got to take amazing care of your body. You've got to be a physical freak, which he obviously is, with taking care of his body and with the throwing motion and the shoulder and the elbow. It's held up. All I'm saying is, how much longer will it hold up? None of us know that. And I don't know that he knows he wants to go on for another year. We know that the Fox television deal is looming out there. Will Tom Brady appear on an NFC Championship game broadcast as a studio guy or the Super Bowl broadcast a couple of weeks later in Arizona? That is entirely possible. He has signed a contract with Fox that says he's a broadcaster. And so might he be good to Fox? Because that was supposed to be for this season, by the way, the year they had the Super Bowl. And then he went back on that TV deal and wanted to come back and play. So is is maybe now part of the agreement that he takes a week here to get away, to be with his kids, and pops up maybe at least at the Super Bowl in like three weeks? Uh, That's entirely possible. I don't know. I don't know what he's going to do. I do know this. This is always the case at the end of these seasons. There will be changes. There will be, uh, and it's a rare exception, like off the 2020 Super Bowl win where the Buccaneers brought all 22 starters back. You just, you, with the salary cap era and free agency and guys being able to be paid more, you saw Alex Kappa go take money and go somewhere else, the Cincinnati Bengals. You saw Jordan Whitehead take more money in the offseason to go play for the New York Jets. You can't keep everybody. So there are going to be changes in the personnel. What other changes get made that's up to the Glazers and Jason Light and Todd Bowles? And and what are they going to decide to do for the future? And what is Tom Brady going to decide to do? We've come to the end, though. We've come to the end of this season. It was uh, frustrating at times, but hey, you won some games dramatically. You made the playoffs. Buccaneer fans, I've been nothing but honest with you. Would you honestly rather have a 10-loss season and, and spin your wheels in the sand over and over again? Uh, like this team did in the 2010s for the most part, firing coaches and having 10-loss season after 10-loss season, as I was saying earlier in the show? Of course not. You'd rather be in the playoffs. So don't trade this. Don't apologize for wins. Don't apologize for playoffs. And again, playoff appearances. Again, credit the Cowboys. I don't know how they're going to look in San Francisco. They may lay an egg, and the 49ers are really good. But Dallas woke up on Monday night, and part of that was the Buccaneers waking the Cowboys up. 
uh, with with empowering them and not doing what you had to do. But Dallas is good. Dak Prescott is good. They have skilled players. Let's see what they look like in the remainder of the playoffs as the 49ers and Cowboys play and the Giants and the Eagles play, and then what's going to happen out of the NFC between probably the Eagles and maybe San Francisco, and then what will happen with Kansas City, Jacksonville, Buffalo, and Cincinnati. The NFL whittles down to its final eight. It'll be a final four by this time next week, getting ready for Super Bowl 57. All right, with all of that, uh, we're done with another edition of the Nothing But Bucks podcast. My thanks to Jason Berenger all, all year long, helping me out with the highlights, with the interviews. Jeff Ryan's our director of broadcasting. Uh, thank you behind the scenes to everybody with Buccaneers.com and the Buccaneers mobile app. Amy Schwartz in particular helping out uh, as well. Public shout out to her uh, and, the, and the digital content team with being able to get the podcast out to you folks on the mobile app. Buccaneers.com, uh, the, uh, the different podcast outlets. That's it. Our friends at iHeart uh, Radio, 98 Rock, our flagship station, with everybody there, A.J. Malone, who runs that station, Crash and A.J. in the mornings, and everybody else with 98 Rock, great partners with us from iHeart Media here in Tampa Bay. We look to roll on in 2023. What do the Bucks look like? Is Tom Brady back? What does the rest of the roster look like? What is the situation? We don't know those answers right now in mid-January with the season just over. We'll find out those answers, and before you know it, we'll have some free agency. We'll have the NFL draft. We'll have the schedule out. We will wait to see how it all unfolds in the offseason. For now, though, that will do it for a season-ending edition of Nothing But Bucks. The Cowboys get the win, knocking the Buccaneers out of the playoffs. Still, I will say a successful year that you got into the playoffs. You won the division, you got into the playoffs. I can't say that's unsuccessful. I had, had far too many losing seasons to say that making the playoffs is unsuccessful. But that'll do it now for this recap edition. I'm TJ Reeves. Thank you for being with me, not just on this episode, but a lot of you were with me all along the way hearing this podcast and this show. We'll be back soon enough with nothing but bucks.